0: Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about UFO junkyards. That's correct, UFO junkyards. And we're asking the question, does the U.S. government have their own UFO junkyards or junkyards where they're storing all of this UFO crash material, UFO metamaterial, material ejecta, whatnot? But before we get into that question, I just want to make a quick announcement. A while back, I started up the YouTube channel again, UFO Warning. I thought it might be kind of fun, I have to tell you it hasn't been it's been a tremendous amount of frustration and work and just not that much reward and then on top of that it's a constant criticism and little digging messages from YouTube you can't say this you can't say that quite frankly I'm sick of it and over the next couple of weeks I'm going to shut that channel down just don't need the confusion out there and I hope it doesn't bother anybody but the podcasting is just more fun for me. Now, the article we're looking at is from vice.com. It says, the interviewer says to Dr. Nolan, says, you've also analyzed inanimate materials like alleged UAP fragments. Then he responds, he says, You've probably heard of Jacques Vallée, Kit Green, Eric Davis, and Colin Keller. All roads lead to them when it comes to UAP. I basically became friends with that whole group. They call it the Invisible College. When they found out some of the instruments that I had developed using mass spectrometry, they asked if I could analyze UAP material and tell them something about it. That led to the development of a roadmap of how to analyze these things. So he's talking about getting hold of the actual UFO material or lutch material at least, and finding out what this stuff is made of. He says, some of the objects are nondescript and just lumps of metal. Mostly, there's nothing unusual about them, except that everywhere you look in the metal, the composition is different, which is odd. It's what we call inhomogeneous. That's a fancy way of saying incompletely mixed. The common thing about all the materials that I've looked at so far, and there's about a dozen, is that none of them are uniform. They're all these hodgepodge mixtures with each individual case will be composed of a similar set of elements, but they will be inhomogeneous. One of the materials from the so-called Ubatuba event, this is a UFO event that happened down in Brazil, has extraordinarily altered isotope ratios of magnesium. It was interesting because another piece from the same event was analyzed in the same instrument at the same time. This is an extraordinarily sensitive instrument called a nano-SIMS, or Secondary Ion Mass Spec. It had perfectly correct isotope ratios for what you would expect from magnesium found anywhere on Earth. Meanwhile, the other one was just way off, like 30% off the ratios. The problem is there's no good reason humans have for altering the isotope ratios of a simple metal like magnesium. It's almost as if they're saying, you know what? We're going to tweak this thing in a way that you can't tweak it, or that you wouldn't want to tweak it, just so you know that we're here. It's almost as if it is they're leaving a signature of intelligent design. There's no different properties. There's no different properties, or the different isotopes. Of anybody, at least in any of the literature that is public of the hundreds of thousands of papers published, that says this is why you would do that. Now, you can do it. It's a little expensive to do it, but you'd have no reason for doing it. I mean, let's think about it. What people use isotopes for today? Most of the time, humans use isotopes to blow stuff up. Uranium or plutonium or to poison someone or used as a tracer in order to kill cancer. But those are very, very specific cases. We are almost We are almost always only using radioactive isotopes. We don't ever change the isotope ratios of a stable isotope, except perhaps as a tracer. What that means is that if you find a metal where the isotope ratios are changed far beyond what is normally found in nature, then that material has likely been engineered. Got that? Engineered. The material is downstream of a process that caused them to be altered. Someone did it. The questions are, who and why? Now that assessment is coming from a very intelligent man. Goes on, he says, So now, let's look what those those materials are claimed to be. In almost every case, these are the leftovers of some sort of process that these objects spit out. In other words, not necessarily a piece of that craft as, you know, like a mechanical uh, part of it. But it's some kind of material that was ejected from that craft. Oftentimes Oftentimes we call this UFO ejecta. So you can go look at the cases where molten metal falls from these objects. Why would 30 pounds of a molten metal fall from a flying object? What are the circumstances in some of these cases? For instance, in some cases... The witnesses state that the observed objects appeared unstable or in some kind of distress. Then it spits out a bunch of stuff. Now the object appears, it's stable, and moves off. It looks like it fixed itself. One hypothesis would be that the material it offloads is part of the mechanism the object uses for moving around, and then things get out of whack. That the object has to offload it. It just drops the stuff to the ground. Kind of like the exhaust, that that begs the question, again, assuming the things are real at all, what are they using it for? If there's altered isotope ratios, are they using the altered isotope ratios? Are the altered ratios the result of the propulsion mechanism? Again, pure speculation. When the ratios get that far out of whack, Do they have to offload because it's no longer useful in propulsion? Smarter people than me will come up with better reasons, but this is the fun of science. The data is there, the explanation is not. Well, obviously these things are changing shapes. What we call these things, shape-shifters. And you know, this whole concept of shape-shifting, what I find troubling about it is not only do, do we see this in the UFO phenomena, but we see this in a lot of the uh, negative paranormal um, entities and events that occur we say sh- we see the shape shifting of course in the old um, navajo or uh, indian um, american indian uh, folklore stories about the shapeshifter changing from human to animal uh, or human to uh, witch or whatever we say we see this shape shifting thing happen frequently In Bigfoot sightings, Uh, sometimes they shape, they shape into, they (laughs) change shape into something else. Sometimes they just disappear. So this whole kind of this, this idea of uh, camouflage or deception, it's very strange to me. Have you ever used a super quantum interference device, they ask. He says, we will likely be using squids, that's SQ, remember that word squids, a super quantum interference device In a new device that can determine the atomic structure of anything at a sub-angstrom resolution. There's no device in the world that can do that today, especially of an amorphous object. We can do crystals, we can do little bits of biology with what's called cryo-EM, but this device supersedes all of them. So I'm talking with the government about building that. He goes on, he says, are the devices and methods you have available to you in terms of being able to analyze this material sufficient? In a perfect world, what would you want to see? He says, depending on how deep you go and want to go, each analysis costs anywhere from ten thousand to twenty thousand dollars. That tells you that it the, tells you what the atoms are, what the isotope ratios are crystalline quality, a lot of things that are sort of standard material analysis. The point of doing this, though, is to figure out what it was used for. To do that, eventually you need to get down to the atomic level. So, for this next example of what I guess we would call a UFO junkyard, I want to go back and look at this article from Bloomberg, dated October 21st, 2019, by Travis Tritton. UFO Group Sharing Exotic Material with Army for Combat Vehicles. It says, the Army is researching whether materials an outside group says were collected from UFOs can be used as cutting-edge technology in combat vehicles, according to interviews and a new research and development agreement. The exploratory research is being conducted jointly by the new U.S. Army Futures Command and the To the Stars Academy. Of course, that all leads back to our friend Tom DeLong and company, which has obtained what it says are exotic metamaterials that may have otherworldly origins and useful applications for the military. The Army command the Army Command was created last year, that'd be twenty eighteen, to spearhead technological innovation and the vehicle research represents and the vehicle research represents the first formal cooperation between the military and the two of the stars Academy of Arts and Science, formed in 2017 by rock musician and UFO believer Tom DeLonge. The group is best known for releasing widely publicized and authenticated Navy fighter jet pilot videos that appear to show unknown aircraft with baffling flight capabilities. Of course, this is before the whole thing blew up, and it has a, has a still image here of the famous uh, UFO shot. I think that's either GoFast or Kimball. And right up in the right hand corner is this giant, uh, hideous watermark to the Stars Academy of Art and Science. Now, I know I've harped on this a million times, but I'm not going to quit harping on it. They say here that they, Bloomberg says that they released this material. It has to be an inside job. Why else isn't Bloomberg calling these guys out? For being in possession of, if it's not classified material, that it's some kind of control material, it's government property. Why aren't, why isn't Bloomberg calling out to the Stars Academy for having this stuff in their possession, releasing it, monetizing it, uh, making big bucks off of it? It looks like at the very least they got their their logos splattered all over this thing. Why aren't they being called out? This. And I know some people disagree with me, but I have to say the chain of custody is not transparent here. There's something that's so sketchy and so shady, I just can't put my finger on it. It says, the military has played both investigator and skeptic to UFO claims going all the way back to the late 1940s in Project Blue Book, a two-decade program that examined alleged sightings, but it has never confirmed evidence of any extraterrestrial activity. I don't know. I, not, I don't think you can say that because we just talked about how uh, Dr. Nolan was given uh, was given samples from the government back channel. However, UFO, UFO material. He uh, studied people that were reportedly encountered UFOs or were exposed to UFO material. These are government employees, he said, people in the aeronautic field. He did a, he did a scientific study of 100 of these folks and found out you know, that they were injured. 25 of them died. So to say that there's no evidence of any extraterrestrial activity, it seems like a stretch. Maybe they could say, I think they should say, uh, what they don't say is non-Earth activity. Uh, there's no evidence that this stuff is interdimensional or paranormal or whatever. It goes on. and says the two The Stars Academy videos of fighter jet radar sightings during Navy training over the Pacific and Atlantic Oceans have again sparked public interest. The claims of exotic materials has now gotten the Army's attention, though the service said it in, said it is interested in what the materials can do, and not the origins. That. Again, sounds sketchy. They're interested in the materials, but not interested in the origins. Well, wouldn't you want to know if these things came from the so- from Russia or China? You'd want to know that, wouldn't you? The group said the materials could yield breakthroughs, such as allowing army vehicles to be lighter and more resilient on the battlefield. You have to wonder if... This isn't a situation where DeLong, his to the academy, whatever it's called, is being used as a front group. So the, it, I can see where a person might think that, hey, the U.S. government obviously has its own UFO junkyard, but they don't want, they don't want the taxpayers to know about that, and they don't want the Russians or the Chinese or anybody else to know about that. They want to keep their junkyard secret because their junkyard has got lots and lots of really cool stuff in it. I mean, it would make the Men in Black jealous. So we could get around that. We could get some big, super, six-foot, 11-inch, former, I guess you'd call him rock star in there, and uh, tell this big goofball that uh, we'll make him a UFO hero. All he's got to do is just pretend to pass us some material time to time, keep our junkyard uh, kind of in the down-low, And then uh, we could do that. And then if anybody said, hey, we want to have a look at your junkyard, we could tell them to go talk to Tom. And then Tom could just say, I don't know what you're talking about. You can't send Tom to for your request. You could send one to the Army, and that might cause some issues. So can you see what's kind of going on here? You have have the U.S. government, even with uh, Dr. Nolan there, seems like a super honest, intelligent guy. You can't send Stanford University a FOIA request, can you? And ask to see their UFO material? So we can have this kind of government located, deep state sort of UFO junkyard, just never admit that it exists. And then we could kind of, you know, use these front groups around us to conceal its existence. And maybe those front groups from time to time. We'll throw them a bone so they can have some fun looking at some of this cool stuff. But we'll keep the really spectacular stuff for itself. That it goes on here. It says, Cannon said he couldn't discuss what specific, what technical claims to the Stars Academy had made. Why not? The group, which includes former officials at the Pentagon, CIA, and defense contractor Lockheed Martin... Now think about the implausibility of that. Tom DeLong, rock and roll guy, hanging out with spooks? Seems a little weird. Those origins haven't proved those those origins haven't been proven and so far no unknown technologies have been discovered, but independent laboratories are analyzing the materials, Steve Justice, the group's chief operating officer, said in an interview Friday. The Army could help advance that work through its laboratories, expertise and resources, according to the group. Yeah. And they could also use the group as a front group so that they don't have to respond to a single FOIA request ever. One of the group's materials has been documented back to 1996. It presents fascinating characteristics, said Justice, who said he spent almost four decades with defense giant Lockheed Martin. Now, this is a guy from To The Academy. Okay. 40 years with Lockheed Martin. He said most of his employment news was spent, most of his employment was spent in the company's advanced research arm called, hold on a minute, wait for it, Skunk Works. Oh, the guys that made that stealth fighter, bomber plane, whatever, remember the one they told us that it was so advanced that when they brought the engineers in, they had to teach them a level of physics that was beyond what they'd learned in college? And we're talking about guys with master's degrees and PhDs? Hmm. It says, it's said to go back decades beyond that, but we can't prove that, so I'll stick with 1996, said Justice. Who's telling him this stuff? Who described his role in the group as resident skeptic? Yes, or maybe you could say resident, resident um, limited hangout creator? I don't know. The techniques and the machines and technology to construct this kind of material, to the best of our knowledge, has only existed for about the last 8 or 10 years. He's kind of telling you the same thing that Dr. Nolan said about this stuff with these really jacked-up isotopes. Yeah, we can make it. It costs a lot of money and takes some pretty advanced equipment. And then, as far as we're concerned, there's no reason to make it. Justice said the group hopes the materials will help explain how unknown aircraft... What it calls unidentified aerial phenomena. Wait a minute! I thought that the Defense Department made that word up. Such as those in the video from Navy Super Hornet jet encounters in 2004 and 2015. Yep, the ones that were delivered in the brown paper sack to one former spook from a current spook. Hmm. Can, allegedly can appear to defy unknown. Can appear to defy known technology. If these materials represent a way to figure out how to do it, then I'm going to look in those dark corners, he said. I suspect maybe he did look in some of those corners in the 40 years he was working in the aeronautics field. The Army research relationship came about through Louis Elizondo. Well, we know Louis. I mean, he's the guy that Tom Totals has to go back into the Washington, you know, the bowels of Washington every three weeks or whatever it was, to have his uh, polygraph test done to make sure that he hasn't hasn't spilled the beans on anything. Would you say that if you were employed by somebody, but as part of your um, separation of employment, you had to go back to that person and be subjected by them to a polygraph test every three weeks, six weeks, whatever, would you consider that you were still employed or that you were formally employed? Because they're making you do something. They're making you come back like every, I don't know, every month or two and take a polygraph test. Does that sound like a normal employee-employment relationship? Seems weird to me. I don't know. The Pentagon said Monday that he was a supervisory intelligence specialist in the office of the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence from 2008 to 2017 when he resigned. But Elizondo had no assigned responsibilities in the Advanced Aerospace Threat identification program, and was not assigned or detailed to the Defense Intelligence Agency. Pentagon spokeswoman Susan Gautz, G-O-U-G-H, we've talked about her. I think she's probably a pretty serious individual. I wouldn't want to get in a cage match with her. Wrote in an email statement. Now, you know, we've talked about this before, too. This whole thing with Ellie was just really weird. I mean, why is he having to go back in for, at least according to Tom DeLong? why is he having to go back in every few weeks for a polygraph test, if he didn't have any kind of clearance. Strange. Speculative science. The Defense Intelligence Agency told Senator John McCain yeah, and his Armed Services Committee last year, of course we know Kane is no longer with us, which ran from 2007 to 2012, was created to investigate foreign advanced aerospace weapons threats. Uh, I wonder what they mean by foreign, and considered spectatively science, such as travel by warps, drives, stargates, and wormholes, according to Freedom of Information Act. Here's the thing, man. Somebody files a, free, a Freedom of Information Act, and they get back, they get back. but I think a lot of it's just nonsense. You know, warp drives, and, and uh, stargates, and wormholes, and men talking to goats. But you know what they never talk about? Never talk about abductions or cattle mutilation. Nope. Never gonna see anything of that stuff in the FOIA. And have the feds been called in on those? Oh yeah, yeah. Do you ever talk about it? No, no. But they will talk about war- drives and stargates and wormholes and all sorts of really speculative stuff. And I think they've even got some patents on some of that stuff. On October tenth, on Army Ground Vehicle Research Unit in Warren, Michigan signed a standard research and development agreement with the To the Stars Academy, citing El Zondo is a principal investor according to a copy obtained by Bloomberg government okay so when you have this much money swirling around how do you how do you justify a former deep state employee allegedly giving being given a brown paper bag with videos of UFOs in it from a US Navy gun camera to a currently Retired Deep State employee. You got current Deep State, retired Deep State. Who now both allegedly work for the same for-profit company. Well, allegedly for-profit. Maybe it's considered non-profit. I don't know. A lot of money floating around there. This whole thing is really weird to me. The collaboration involves no public funding going to the group according to the Army. How does that work? How does that work? Cannon, who is charged with hunting and refining new technologies, said the research agreements are a low-risk way to investigate outside innovation. The Army Ground Vehicle Research Unit has about 15 of the agreements with groups around the world. They sound like UFO junkyards to me. Hey, you—you you want to bring some of your junk in here? We'll test it for you. And if it's really—if it's real, if it's real junk. We'll have some uh, MIB count, pick it up. We've basically opened the door between our two organizations, and this has now allowed the legal framework to, gain, to engage in exchange. So they figure they're going to cover themselves with some kind of a law, I suppose. Or, yeah, hey, these guys are writing laws. You know, those laws they passed that are like, what, 1,200 pages thick or something in fine print? Well, guess what? There's all kinds of get out, get out of jail free cards in those things. So this is this is another example of a UFO junkyard, I believe. Um, and, and this is an example of UFO junk um, trading between junkyards. There's quite a little deal they got going on here. And then there's one last one I'm going to look at real quick before we shut this down. This is from um, The Sun. Let's see if we can get this to come up here. And it's the co.uk... It says, uh, let see. Pentagon admits it has been testing wreckage from UFO crashes and findings may change our lives forever, expert says. Now, that's that's mind-boggling. Now, this is by Emma Perra. Now, this article is written in 2021, 20, the one I just quoted you. Uh, yeah, 2019, right? So, two years after the fact. The one we're talking about here from Vice, that was written, uh, the interview was conducted in 2020 and 2021. All this really cool stuff just seemed to kind of go under the radar. The Pentagon has admitted to holding and testing wreckage from UFO crashes in a bombshell freedom of information letter shared with the Sun. Researcher Anthony Bregalia wrote to the Defense Intelligence Agency, it's DIA, requesting details of all UFO material which they hold and results of any tests they have been carrying out on it. It says he wrote, This could include physical debris recovered by personnel of the Department of Defense as residue, flotsam, shot off material of crash vehicles from UAPs, or unidentified flying objects. In the response shared with the Sun, the DIA released one hundred and fifty-four papers, one hundred and fifty four pages rather, of test results. That includes reports on a mysterious memory metal called NITINOL, N-I-T-I-N-O-L, which remembers its original shape when folded. Braglia said it was a stunning admission from the U.S. government, and the documents reveal that some of the retrieved debris possesses extraordinary capabilities, including the potential to make things invisible or even slow down the speed of light. That's, that's pretty deep. He told the son the Pentagon has admitted to holding and testing anomalous debris from UFOs. I think we found a junkyard. And then it has a nice little letter here they wrote, him, basically, uh, you know, just repeating everything he said. They have been able to learn some things about the materials of construction, which hold tremendous promise as futuristic materials, which will change our lives forever. He said... He first made the request in 2017, which took three years for the DIA to fulfill, after it was revealed the Pentagon had been studying UFOs under the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. The article mentioned that the anonymous debris from the UFOs, now called UAPs, has been analyzed by a private defense contractor. That sounds like there could be a switcheroo going on here. So you see, we have the government UFO junkyard, We have a private defense UFO junkyard. We can just move these things back and forth. Nobody ever has to know about it. Material evidence, such as UFO debris, has been a focus of my research, it says. My Freedom of Information Act request was very specific, seeking the test results of UFO, UAP debris, not material already known to science. And it goes on here, and it says... Regalia believes some of the material that is being tested could have come from the notorious Roswell incident. The oh, you mean the weather balloon at Roswell, or the sky dummy that fell and crashed at Roswell? The inclusion of advanced technical reports on nitinol is curious, Bragley said. Nitinol is a shape memory alloy that remembers its original shape when folded or crunched and snaps back seamlessly and instantly. This memory, med- this. Memory metal characteristic was reported by many witnesses at Roswell, and we've heard about it in some of the other UFO sightings as well. However, the agency has held back certain details about the materials, including any information about they could be of about whether they be of alien origin. Stating in the letter, "I have determined that some portions of five documents must be withheld in part from disclosure." In other words, we're going to black out the good parts. They are emitting information on the chemical and elemental composition of the material as well as its origins, Bradley said. As well as its origins. You know, what would it matter if we knew? Why would they have to do that unless they want to cover up the fact that they've been covering up UFOs for, I don't know, 60 or 70 or 80 years or going on 100 now, I suppose. They have omitted the names of the involved scientists as well, but... I have since learned some of their names and will be contacting them. Ooh, I don't know if i do that. The DIA letter, first shared on Braglia's blog, reveals that the testing was carried out by Bigelow Aerospace. Wow, this is one that just keeps coming up over and over. It's Robert Bigelow. Man, what a dude. What a giant. And he's also you know, associated with uh, George Knapp. But, uh, yeah, Bigelow, Skinwalker Ranch, fascinating guy. I mean, wow, weird. One of the Department of Defense's private contractors based in Las Vegas, Nevada. That, that thing's got UFO, junk, UFO junkyard written all over it. If anybody's got a UFO junkyard, it's got to be Bob Bigelow. Okay, allegedly. The company laid off all of its staff at the Las, at the Vegas plant last March due to the toll of the pandemic. How convenient. And it's not known where the UFO material may now be kept. Oh, they moved the junkyard. Mysteriously, Bragulaz said everyone he approached who used to work at the plant refused to comment to him. He'll <laughs> yeah, bet All former personnel have refused me any real comment, he said. I suspect the material has been returned to the Pentagon. You ever hear the old saying, all I know is what I read in the paper? Might be the healthiest thing they can remember. Wow. That fascinating little read there for just, know, it's almost like they've created this tiny little limited hangout where they've admitted to having this UFO junkyard. And then he tracks it down to Bigelow's place. And Bigelow's like, yeah, they all had, we had, we had to let them all go, man, because of the COVID. And then he tracks down some of the employees and they're like, yeah, yeah, we ain't talking. Could you blame them? So, uh, that's three examples I have. The most recent one there, Dr. Nolan, he's got these three little kind of, I don't know, they're not even that uh, impressive looking metallic samples, but then he's done the hard science on him. He explains to you how the isotopes have been manipulated, how you have two samples from one UFO event where the magnesium is perfectly normal, like you'd expect to find on Earth, and then one that's just like completely jacked up. And we don't even know why you would do that. You would have to put that thing through a super expensive, you know, process here on Earth to do that. So why are they doing it? Is it is it something in relation to how these ships move around, or is it just to let us know, hey, we're here? And then we have the case with with DeLong and Company. You know, you've got, like I said, you got this six foot eleven inch former rock star. Uh, it's hilarious, really, surrounded by these. By these uh, deep state guys, it's it's almost it's it's almost just too funny, and but they've got some cool stuff, you know, and apparently they've got their hands, and maybe there's a little junkyard somewhere that, well, we know there's a junkyard because Tom talked about going to it and seeing the stuff that made him so he couldn't sleep for three days, so we got junkyards over there, and then this guy talks to us, and uh, this is from 2021, this is her, on the Sun, he's like, yeah, I I sent a FOIA into the Army. And he uh, inexplicably gets this letter back from the U.S. Army from I don't know someone, someone there somewhere. They've signed it, and uh, it uh, yeah says Chief of Records Management. And uh, maybe he said the quiet part out loud. He's like, "Yeah, we've got this really cool metal. You can fold it. It's it's memory metal. You can fold it and bend it, and it it goes back into its shape, just like that scene from Roswell." The guy's like, "Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's at Bigelow." He goes to Bigelow's place. Well, no one's here. We had little more go. He tracks down the employees. Nobody's talking. Junkyards everywhere, man. Junkyards at the at the Defense Department. Junkyards in Tom's Backyard. Junkyards over at Bigelow's. Got to wonder where all these things are at. Personally, I'm, I'm not going to get my car and go look for them. I, I'm perfectly content to sit right here in front of my computer and read about them. What do you think? What do you think the UFO junkyards are at? Till next time, this is Ufo warning over and out.